You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 265. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 265. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. We'll we'll spare you our baby talk. <laughs> oh, will we? Oh, oh but will oh, we oh, but will we? Because I think we have like 260 <laughs> episodes of us doing baby talk. On that note, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, everybody. Welcome, welcome. I'm actually really excited about this week's topic. It is something that people have asked me about consistently. And I've always hesitated putting it into a podcast because it is so incredibly individualized. And I like to give everybody step-by-steps. And I was going, oh, I'm trying to formulate a good step-by-step. Because mm-hmm. the, So here's what we're talking about. We're talking about, is it my intuition talking to me, telling me either go forward with this thing or don't go forward? Like your intuition, your gut giving you guidance. Or is it my inner critic saying do this or don't do this. So obviously our intuition is kind of like our true self, our internal guide, our compass, right? I think of it more like the heart. Okay. And then our inner critic is usually more like the brain, like the rationale, the ego. Mm. And sometimes because both of them involve fear, it is so hard for us to distinguish is this fear in alignment with my big self, my my best self, my authentic self, or is this fear in alignment with my inner critic? Hmm. So fear is the emotion that that we feel in we both to, scenarios. Uh-huh. So we have to figure out which which side of the coin to, to put it on. And I'm going to give you lots of examples, too, because this is very heady. It's like, wait, what? So that is what is on the docket. So if you're in a situation where like, oh, shit, do I stay or go in this relationship? I can't tell. Or do I take this new job? Or should I audition for this play? Should I put my kid into this new school? A lot of times we're like, I don't know what is fueling my decision making. So I want us to look at this and try to amplify that gut that intuition instead of leaning on inner critic chatter or mm-hmm. disempowering beliefs or opinions of everybody else. So we're, we'll dig into a lot of that. If you have any type of decision to make or you feel like a gut tug about something, this episode is going to help you make that decision. Right on. Guaranteed. I struggle with this all the time. I do too. Mm-hmm. I really do too. And so I started thinking about what are some of the things that has had – really helped me nail down decisions. So we'll jump into all of that. But before we do, why don't don't we start on a softer, lighter note? Okay. I've got a softer, lighter note for you. Oh, you do? Mm -hmm. It's called the... Would you rather... And today's would you rather is called... Or today's would you rather is... (laughs) It's called Would You Rather. It's called Would You Rather. Have the head, have a head the size of a tennis ball, 
Oh my god. Or a watermelon. Oh my god. Now, the the thing that tricked me on this or that I didn't think about but I thought about later was okay. oh, I always think of Stewie with his watermelon head side to side, right? Kind of football head. Yeah. But what if it was the other way around? What if it was what if it vertical? Was, yeah, what if it was vertical instead of horizontal? So you get you could pick horizontal or vertical. So you could be a cone head or you could be a watermelon head. A watermelon. Yeah. Or Stewie. I guess some watermelons are actually really round. I'm talking about a, come on now. <laughs> Don't loophole it here. The look he just gave me, you guys. Don't you dare loophole it. It was out of Well, I'm just I, 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 When you think of a watermelon. I know. Yeah. Like your everyday average. Everyday one. average run of the but mill watermelon. But seriously though. I was no, just do. at I was just at Trader Joe's or anyway. they have those really cool seedless ones and they're too, yeah. really round mm-hmm. and really anyway nice round head yeah. okay but or, or a tennis ball tennis ball so then you're like Beetlejuice but I would I would also say like I would go through far less makeup on a tennis ball <laughs> <laughs> that is the rationale of my wife right there oh my gosh I I don't know this is a tough one I think it would be hard to eat. With a tiny? Yeah, with a tennis ball head. Like, you'd have to take tiny size bites. Yeah. If your body was still the same size. And oh, it would be hard. your eyes would be smaller. It'd be harder to see. Your ears would be smaller. It'd be hard to hear. I, I don't know. Maybe you'd hear better. I don't know. But it just seems like all of your senses would be smaller. All the senses in your head. Well, I'm thinking, like, if you still needed the same amount of food to feel full yeah it would just take you forever you have to to eat with like a baby spoon you would have to eat constantly probably (laughs) and a baby teacup right yeah you'd have to have tiny tiny stuff but your hands would still be the same size oh my gosh okay but but then a watermelon you've got this big melon to try to get around but then we if we both picked that we could be like kind of hilarious as a couple with two giant heads. Oh, the watermelon twins. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, you're talking about those Smiths, <laughs> the watermelon Smiths. <laughs> but I, I was thinking like a lot of times I look for you in a crowd and I can find you because you're so fucking tall. So mm. now you could find me. If you had a watermelon head, I definitely. But you be able can to find usually it. find me. I think I'm gonna. Go, I think I'm gonna go with the watermelon. You are? I think so. this is tough, though. Yeah, it's a tough. This one. is a real tough. What one. What do you guys think? That's we, the question we have. We would love to hear from you. Here's how you can join in on this conversation because I love hearing the rationale of I the love reasons it. why. Everybody has a different angle on it. It's kind of cool. And they come up with reasonings that behind things that I'm like, oh, or reasons rather. Good I'm like, oh, I like where your head's at. Ha! See <laughs> what I did one, there? See what I did there? this one, you could uh, actually say where, where your head's at. Here's the deal. I have a private Facebook group. It's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club, and it's designed specifically for the podcast community. We've got about 1,000 people over there, and I run a very tight ship, so there's no spammy, saily shit like that. We really only talk about stuff that matters, like, would you rather? but we do talk about that every single monday and we dig into what people's reasonings or reasons are behind what they chose and it's always a really fun conversation on mondays and then i do a live training additional bonus q a training every single thursday that's available for the club members to submit questions and get help and advice and support so it's really fun. Tons of other freebies over there. So just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That will redirect you right over to the Facebook group and you can come hang out. Sounds amazing. 
Yeah. Oh, and by the way, okay, so little insider scoop. We are recording a handful of podcasts early because we're going to be on vacation. If this is still available for you, I don't know, but I still, at the time of this recording, had two spots available for my retreat. Wow, I can't believe that you still have two spots. Well, we don't know because this will be launched in the future, so they might be gone. They could be. I don't know, but... If there are spots still available, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash retreat, and you can learn about those last two remaining spots. There might be one. There might be none. I don't know. But if it's buyable, like if you can actually click on the button, then it means that spots are still available and you can join us. I'm going to Cancun with a gorgeous, small community of badasses that are ready to finally feel like fucking enough already. Enough in my work relationships, enough in my family relationships. I believe in myself enough to establish boundaries and have confidence to go after the shit that I want to accomplish, to start that new business or bed and breakfast or get back into theater or roller derby because you've always wanted to get back into that and everything else became more important. What are the things that you really want to achieve? Chances are you need some fucking confidence to do that and you need to believe that you're actually deserving of accomplishing that to begin with. We're talking all about that plus about kind of letting go of the pieces of your past that are still really influencing your current set of situations. If you want a luxe, gorgeous vacation at a beautiful boutique resort and learn how to feel like enough, let go of those pieces of your past and actually have the confidence that you're dying to have so that you can go after all that shit you want in your life, get back in the dating scene, whatever it is, name it you have confidence, you can accomplish it, then go to thejoyjunkie.com slash retreat, check it out. And it could be just like that the stars are aligned. But again, like I said, I can't tell the future. (laughs) There's something about when you go in person to something, especially when you're away from your home, like in another country. Yeah. And you've made the investment not just in your finance, in your finances, but in your travel, your time, your taking off of work, your everything that comes with putting yourself in a situation where you can go to something like this. Yeah, it it just makes it more vibrant, it, and you mm-hmm. get so much more out of it when you do it this way. Uh, yeah, it really um, they're powerful. It's a powerful totally events. different uh, experience to learn from. Yeah, yeah which I appreciate. And it's really cool. A lot of the people who are going are past students or clients, and it really is a testament to, you know, you're never done, right? Like a lot of them have gone through other programs of mine, but that's one of the consistent things that I see in happy people, people who genuinely love their life, is that their personal development is on a maintenance plan. That's one of the reasons why I teach maintenance is because you're never done. You need to go to the retreats. You need to take the classes. You need to have the coach. And I do the exact same thing myself. All right. So if you're interested, you know where to go. You can find all of the links as well in the show notes. And let's talk a little bit about, wait a minute, who's talking? Who's talking? Is that my inner critic or is that my intuition? And how to tell the difference. Here is the deal with this. Sometimes, and many of you guys can probably relate to this, sometimes our gut instinct or intuition is really, really clear. You can almost feel it 
talking to you hmm. like a person yeah where you're like okay i know i need to not go through with this or i need to absolutely take advantage of this what i'm talking about are the times when we really are having the toughest time telling the difference you it's not necessarily crystal clear and you're almost wondering is this my intuition or is this my inner critic just trying to get me to play small yeah now here's the deal about this that you need to know from the get-go is there is no magic formula there's no magic answer there will be a different right solution for each scenario that means if you have similar situations that arise and they both like let's say it's a dating scenario let's say you dated somebody in the past your ex and you knew your intuition was really loud and screaming at you and you didn't listen and you got involved in a really negative relationship and now you're embarking on a new relationship and a lot of the same fear is coming up is is that fear right then about your past situation that was similar where your intuition mm. was telling you don't go through with this okay so where you're taking you're trying to equate this scenario must mean that scenario instead of going nope this is a totally different person i'm dealing with this fear is rooted in something totally differently so what i am saying is you have to excavate the fear in all scenarios even if they're similar ones mm. even if it's i had a really hard time making a big decision about a job and here i am making another career decision, don't automatically assume that it's the same type of scenario that happened last time. So I'll give you a couple of examples here. But the first item of business is to examine the fear that you are feeling because both of these things involve fear. If you are, like, like let's say, for example, the day you walk down the aisle, right? Most of the time, people have like a little intuition that they've been ignoring that's either telling them like, yes, this is absolutely the right scenario for you or, well, fucking hope this works out, right? Mm -hmm. There's usually something that's happening there. Now, if you stopped and examined that fear prior to getting married, it's likely that you were going to come up with a place where that fear is rooted, okay? So it could be something like, I just have this overwhelming feeling that I will eventually be alone. Like I have a fear of being alone. The way to start working with the fear component is to look at, is this fear rooted in something that is factual or that I can very clearly foresee. So for instance, when we say, well, if I leave this relationship or if I don't get married to this person or if I end, I'm so afraid of being alone. Well, is that a for sure thing? It's not for sure that you're going to be alone. You're just fucking afraid right. of being alone. Okay. It's not a fact that you're going to be alone. Now, if it's something like, I'm really afraid to jump out of an airplane, like there are legitimate risks that are involved in that, right? <laughs> now, some people would argue with me, I find it just like, why the fuck would I ever do that? <laughs> and then I say, why the fuck wouldn't I do that? I think that there, and this is where you kind of have to ev kind of evaluate the risk reward. And how much you really trust in the experience, right? Yeah. So I don't 
Like I am way more afraid of my personal physical safety like that than I am my emotional safety. Always. I always have been. I'm like, I'll tell you anything. I trust everybody, but I do not trust jumping out of a plane or doing daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. Heights type stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I look at that scenario or let's take something else, not necessarily jumping out of a plane or how about let's say you are going to walk through a dark alley at night or something like that. If there have been people that have been hurt there, or it's a notoriously a bad area of town, there is some fact to give that fear some really sound footing. Like there's some actual reasons why you should be afraid, right? Not necessarily something that is a complete story. The idea of being alone, if you end a relationship, is a story. It's a story that... What if I don't find anyone? It's rooted in lack, scarcity, and you end up most of the time settling for shit when you go in that path, right? You take the safe bet. Now, for me, taking the safe bet of not jumping out of a plane does not cost (laughs) me anything. Right. Right? Staying in a relationship. It does. Okay. Costs you some exhilaration. Well, I will take the I'll, – I'll go on the swings at the county <laughs> fair. How about that? that? That's a much better exhilarating moment for you, for sure. Sorry to interrupt. You have to look at if that risk that you're taking, if there is going to be this extreme cost to you. So, for instance, to stay and go in a relationship – we were just talking about this last week – that a lot of times you have, we make up this idea that we don't have choices. You do have the choice. You just don't like the two choices. Staying in a relationship that's not fulfilling sucks and leaving and breaking up also sucks. It becomes, okay, if I can't see the future based off of the information I have now, what really does feel like the best choice for me? Given that both of these scenarios are going to have fear, both of them are going to be scary, both of them are going to demand a lot from me, if I really looked at my gut, what is my gut telling me? For instance, you might have a job opportunity that is in a new state where the job is amazing, everything sounds phenomenal, but it snows all the time in this new state and you fucking hate snow Mm. or it's an area that kicks up your allergies and you're just fucking miserable. That's a fact you can foresee that's rooted in something very crystal clear. I'm concerned that if I take this job physically, I will be miserable. That's a legitimate fear because it's, you could foresee that as being, that's not a story. It's not a story in your head that you get allergies around a lot of pollen right, right. or that you your joints freeze up and you have the hardest time operating in freezing climates, right? right? If that's true for you, then you're making your decision based off of a foreseeable fact, not something that is a what if I'm go- not good enough? Hmm. What if I'm mm-hmm. not what if what if I'm having all this imposter's complex and I'm thinking uh, they're going to find me out as soon as I move and start working in this environment. They're going to find out that they made the worst decision with me. I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't think I'm good enough. That sort of a fear is fueled by an inner critic. Got it. If that makes sense. It does. The other sort of fear is genuinely rooted in intuition. It's rooted in, am I going to be okay in that kind of an environment? I'm looking out for my personal safety. Does that make sense a little bit? Totally. Like by analyzing the fear, 
you can look at, is this a self-worth? Like, do I deserve this? Am I valuable? Am I capable? A lot of times our fear is wrapped up in that versus is this actually a dangerous scenario for me? And looking at your fear from that perspective. Mm, All right. So number one is examine the fear. And one of the things that you can do is just very simply journal about what is behind this fear. Put what is behind this fear at the top of your journal sheet and just free write and look at what is this being fueled by. Now, sometimes it'll be a both, but usually there'll be one that's a little bit more pronounced. Okay, so after you've examined the fear, here's the second one, and this is incredibly important. Seek wise counsel only. Seek wise counsel only. Only ask for opinions from smart, thoughtful, evolved people who you (laughs) respect their opinion. I'll give you an example. When I was leaving the cosmetic field and I had kind of a high profile job and amazing benefits and fantastic tuition reimbursement and perks and stock options, I mean, just so many great reasons to stay in a job I hated. Yeah. And when I decided to leave and start my own personal development business, I was operating from an intuitive place. Like, I know I cannot stay here any longer. I know that I need to be doing something bigger in this world. And I know that there's a risk, right? But in this scenario, it was the risk was absolutely worth the reward of potentially having my own business and all of those things, or at least knowing that I gave it a good solid go. Sometimes that's the reward enough is that I fucking tried and I don't have to live with regret of, I, oh God, I should have started my own company back in my thirties when I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes just not having regret is the reward enough for you. When I was leaving, I had a manager who I loved. We had a great relationship, but everything she would bring up to me about me making this decision was rooted in her disempowering beliefs. So she would say, very well-meaning, good intentions, she would say, like, well, what are you going to do about insurance? Or what are you going to do with if the the economy goes bad again. You think really people are going to pay for coaching and personal development? And gosh, what if, what if you don't get any clients? And really just, even though she loved me and believed in me and wanted me to have my happiest life, like many of our best friends, our parents, our coworkers, our children, they're still operating and making decisions based off of their own fears and their own limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to go search out counsel from somebody else, make sure that it's an opinion that you highly regard. Because if you tend to always put other people first, or you tend to be a people pleaser, what you tend to do is then you think that anybody else's opinion, especially if it's presented really assertively, like, oh, no, you don't want to do that. Oh, no, that's not a good call. Especially when it's a presented that way, we think, oh, they know better. Mm -hmm. Oh, they, well, I talked to John and he said, don't do it. And he did it. And you don't stop to think about like, well, what's John's limiting beliefs? What does he think about risk versus reward? What does he think about intuition? What does he think about safety versus living your thrilling, most best life that takes some risk? All I'm saying is address that your counsel is just that. It's counsel. So a lot of times when I bring stuff to you, I really value your opinion, but I also know that it's being looked at through your lens. Right. Yeah. 
same is true for me. And we try to really dig deep on that stuff. But a lot of times at the end of the day, we'll both say, here's how I see it. Here's my perspective. But I totally trust you that you'll make the decision you need to make. And we encourage each other to lean on intuition. So if you have people in your life who are pushing you towards intuition, then that's usually a good, solid person. That's wise counsel. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Those are the people who are like, well, what? What's your gut say? What's your, what do you really want? If they say things like, well, what, what are you hungry for? What, what do you think will cater to your happiness most? Usually those people are pushing you towards your biggest self instead of a limited scarcity mindset of like, oh gosh, well, what if you hate it? Yeah. Well, then you'll fucking leave or you'll figure it out. Right. A lot of times we don't realize that our, our whole life is a bunch of decisions and rerouting and course correcting and, oh, well, that didn't work out. Let's move on. I think what if can make you very inquisitive and what if can be very detrimental in that, you know, if you come from what if from a scarcity place, then you're asking questions that are diminishing your goal or your thought pattern. But if you say, what if I become successful? What if I do have my own business? What if it, what if the recession does happen and I still get through it and people still want my, you know, yeah. like those kinds of what ifs are, are much more um, enabling. That's right. And, and give you power yep. as opposed to the what ifs that kind of take you down. Right. And that's kind of an intuition and inner credit thought as well. Really, really well said. In fact, I have a tool that I use called Good What If, Bad What If. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Maybe that's where I got it, actually. It, it, probably, yeah. since you've been hanging around <laughs> for a while. I just didn't realize I got it from you. But that is really about what we're focusing on. Are we focusing on what we want or are we focusing on what we don't want? Yeah, right. A lot of times when we say we look at a scenario that we don't have concrete data for. Like we don't know if we're going to love that new environment. All we have to go off is our job interview. And we met the team and we liked them a lot. And, you know, that's all you have to go with. If you start making up all these stories, like, well, what if I hate the new team? What if everybody's insubordinate? That's making up shit. You don't have any grounds for that. Right. Or you could future trip by saying good what ifs, like what if my team is the best in the world? What if I get a promotion in the first year? What if... But and, you, and again, you don't have evidence for that either. That's right. But it's a much more powerful place to come from. What that's about is how you feel. Yeah. Again, feel. it's about exactly. your, your intuition and mm -hmm. about your emotional current. So Getting stuck in the bad what ifs usually has you less creative, less resourceful, and you feel like shit. You're yeah. freaked out. You're sure. anxious. You're worried. But if you're in the what if goods, like all these amazing things could happen, you just feel a shit ton better. And it's a way to occupy your mind so you're not lost in a bunch of worry. All right. So number one, examine your fear. Number two, seek wise counsel only. That means even if you really want your mom, to be your counsel. And every time you bring it up to her that you want to move to a different country, she just shoots you down and tells you all the shit that is wrong with that reasoning or you want to try a new career path and they're telling you all the reasons why you shouldn't. You have to stop turning to that person. Stop turning to unwise or unevolved counsel. All right. Number three, I want you to use a tool that comes from Martha Beck, who is kind of a huge pioneer in the coaching profession, and it's called Shackles On, Shackles Off. 
And it's basically where you feel into the decision and you feel into sort of each possible outcome as best as you can. For instance, I had a decision to make about going into an audition. I don't know if you remember, I was going to audition for, it was like a, it was like a horror short film, like movie. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. And for some reason, my intuition just kept saying like, I just, I don't know. I just don't. Mm -hmm. And it didn't, it didn't feel like, yes, it, it really didn't. But it did feel like my intuition was telling me this isn't right for you for some reason. And I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't really quite understand it. The actual gig would have been super easy because it wouldn't have been a play. It would have been a film. So it would have been sure. much faster. Sure. The time restraint would have been totally conducive. There was a lot of reasons that I could have rationalized going up for this audition. Yeah. But when I really looked at it, I was like, something in my gut is telling me not to go. I made the decision not to audition. And then turned out that I found out a bunch of shit about the director that made me like, oh, I'm so glad that I didn't go out for that audition because I would not have wanted to be around that director for the duration of the filming. Sure. And I was like, oh, maybe that's what my intuition was telling me. Yeah, right. So, but I did, I still had fear. I had fear of like, are you making the wrong decision? Are you, are you just not wanting to go do an audition because you're kind of scared. You know, it was, it's hard to kind of know, but ultimately I was like something in my guts telling me not to do it. And I decided not to. Now, just a few weeks ago, I dropped (laughs) $11,000 on a business program that I absolutely fucking love. And I went through the same fear of, do I sign up for this program? Do I not? And I seriously had such a strong fear response that I thought, I really thought I was going to throw up. Like I felt like I was getting dry heaving when I was actually giving my card to the guy. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? But something intuitively told me, you need to do this. You need to do this. This is the right choice. You're just scared because this is a big investment. You're going to be fine. It's okay. And it's been phenomenal. I did a ton of research on it. I did all my due diligence to gather as much information as I could to make a solid decision. Yeah, I hadn't gone through the program yet. I couldn't say without a shadow of a doubt, this is a flawless way to spend my money. Sure. But I had done enough due diligence, enough enough gathering of, of information to feel as though it was my intuition saying, honey, you're just playing a really big game. It's okay. Just keep going. You've always been pretty good about that. Like doing your due diligence for things and making sure that you've done all of your homework and kind of your recon to figure out if it's something that works for you. You've been really good about that. Well, another piece of that too is I think a lot of times we future trip and try to make decisions before we have all of the information. Uh Like you might not even know if you're going to be presented with a proposition to move to a different state or a different company right. or something like that. Like yeah. you just speculate and now you're trying to make the decision. Mm-hmm. You don't even have all of the information to know if you're even a contender for that role <laughs> right, or right. if you're even, you haven't even decided if you're going to put your name in yet. So try not to get yourself lost in that. Holy shit. I don't know what to do when you haven't gathered all the information yet. Right. Usually you need all of those pieces before you can make a really solid decision. 
Now, I'll tell you, I had another situation years ago where it was like, do I take on this client or not? And I could not tell for the life of me if it was my intuition or if it was an inner critic. I couldn't tell if my intuition was saying, abort mission, this is not a good client, for this is not a good fit, right. you can't help her. Or if it was my inner critic going, oh, I remember this, yeah. You're not a good enough coach. You're too scared to play big. You can't, you can't help anybody anyway. Why do you think you're even a good coach? That, that wasn't, I couldn't tell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Am I just scared to play big with this person? Or is it legitimately not a fit? Right? Which leads me to number four, when in doubt, Make a choice and know you can always course correct. You can always course correct. So a lot of times we spin our wheels going, you know, even for me, I was going, oh my gosh, what if I spend $11,000 and this fucking sucks or it doesn't help me at all? I was like, well, I know how to generate $11,000. I'll immediately make that back and it'll be an expensive lesson right. and I'll learn from it. Okay. I can survive that. I can get through that, yeah. right? If I give this marriage a chance and I can't tell if my intuition is saying stay or if it's saying get the fuck out of there, I'm okay. I'm going to make a decision right now that I'm staying for three more months and then I'll reevaluate or I'm going to ask for couples counseling and if that's if that works out, I'm going to stay and give yourself like a time limit, Sure. right? So – it's all about making the choice and then knowing you can course correct. So let's say you do decide to stay. You might get to a, a point, you know, a year down the line where your intuition is screaming at you where you're like, this time I know. I've mm -hmm. given it a go. I have tried. Or I tried to make it work at this career or whatever. Now I need to course correct. I yeah. need to go, okay, I did what I – and I need to move on. But what we forget is that almost always, whether we made a poor decision or a good decision, there's learning in all of those things. Sure. You move to a place that you hate the climate and you go, okay, that was an, a lesson. Now I know that I don't operate well like this or working yeah. with large teams or small teams or whatever you're fucking freaking out about. When in doubt, just make a choice, make a decision and know that you can always course correct Everything is a lesson. We get into this fear paralysis where we're so afraid that we're going to make the wrong decision that we just don't do anything. And we spin around in this like, oh, what if, what if, what if? And we yeah. what if worry ourselves to death. Wor yeah, exactly. Instead of going, here's the information I've got. I'm just going to go for it. So one thing that I wanted to mention again, too, just about the shackles on, shackles off scenario, you almost want to feel as though you're taking each decision into each palm of your hands. So in you have one choice in your right hand, one choice in your left hand. And then I want you to just close your eyes and energetically feel what it feels like. So for me, if I was deciding on that audition, like I mentioned, in one – and I did this at the time. I felt into it kind of in the right-hand side. Like here's what it feels like to actually go and do the audition. All right. That feels a little restricted, a little contractive. Okay, so then let me go over here. And what would it feel like to just say, screw it, I'm not even going to do the audition. I'm just going to move on. Oh my gosh, that feels so much better. That feels so much more expansive. That, okay, sweet. I'm going to go with what feels expansive right now. I'm going to go with that. I'm just going to go with that. Now, okay. I'll That's, tell you. There's a, actually a science on that. It's called applied kinesiology. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. What I would say is instead of going left hand, right hand, Put it, put whatever the choice is in your right hand, weigh it, 
and then shake your hand off, get it off of you, move it around, mm. and then go back to your right hand with the other choice. And see how heavy it feels. Yeah. Ooh, cool. Because you're using the same measuring tool. Ooh, I like it. Right? If you're using your left hand, it's a different measuring tool. Okay. Even though, you know. We're just weighing energies. Right. Which it's, is weird. It's it's still like you're using the right side or the left side, whatever, for both decisions or all three decisions or whatever it might be. Cool. That way you feel it in that same hand. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, okay. Do it Mr. Smith's way. <laughs> <laughs> but I love but that technique. There, that's great. Well, that's why... That's why people call it like expansive contractive or shackles on, shackles off is Martha Beck's term. Like, does it feel like I'm being stifled when I think of making this choice or does it feel really freeing? I've heard some people say, does it feel like you're diving into mud Mm. or quicksand or does it feel like you're diving into pristine crystal cool water? Or a pool of jello. (laughs) (laughs) So would you rather from way back? Oh my gosh. But I'll tell you, there was a time when I didn't really lean into that and my inner critic got the better of me. And my ability to course correct was phenomenal. So I'll give you an example. I decided when I first originally went through coaching, I didn't go through anything related to building a coaching business. So I kind of half-assed it and I threw in the towel really quickly I don't know if you remember this, where it's like, I don't think coaching's for me. I don't think it's for me. I do remember that. And what that was, that was not my intuition saying, this is not your path. It was my inner critic being like, this is too scary. You don't know anything about building a business. You don't know about la la la, you know, and just getting the better of me. Fear, fear, fear. But also inner critic saying, no, that's too big of a risk. Don't do it. You have a safe thing right here. Stay in your current job. Mm -hmm. However... Even though I made a decision led by my inner critic, I still ended up course correcting years later. In fact, that duration of time when I muddled around looking for other career options was exactly what I needed to lead me back to coaching. So that's why I really want you to understand that you can do all of these tools. You can lean into your heart versus your head. You can look at risk versus reward. You can look at shackles on, shackles off. You can do pros and cons lists. You can do all of these things and it can still end up being a place that you're unhappy at, whether a relationship, a job, a, a home. You don't know, but please trust that you are making the best decision that you can with the information you have right now that you've gathered. And that you can always course correct. You can always change relationship dynamics. You can move. You can change jobs. There's so much other stuff that you can do in order to rectify a poor decision. I'm going to also link to, I know that I've done a couple of other pods with similar concepts in them about making tough decisions or what to do when you don't know what to do. So if you're in sort of a predicament, those might be helpful as well. But I wanted to heighten this idea of when is my intuition talking to me and when is the inner critic talking to me? And a lot of it really comes down to dismantling that fear and watching who influences your decisions. I think that's really, really important. All right, so quick recap. Examine your fear. Is this fear about something that's really rooted in a factual fear or am I making up a total fabricated story? 
Number two, seek out really wise counsel only. Watch who your confidants are, you guys. Number three, play with how each choice feels energetically, not just what you're thinking and rationalizing and do sort of a shackles on, shackles off exercise like what we talked about earlier. And then number four, when in doubt, make a choice and know that you can always course correct. Everything is always a lesson. Beautiful. Great job. You worked up or what? Well, it's just, it's one of those things that I love to give it like, here's the answer. Uh, yeah. And this one isn't because every single scenario is going to be a different voice you need to pay attention to and That's listen right. to. That's right. All right, guys. So any additional resources that you might need will be on the show notes and we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out. 